Chapter Twenty Two, Part Two of Pilgrimage to Al Madinah and Mecca. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Twenty Two, Part Two of Personal Narrative of a Pilgrimage to Al Madinah and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. A visit to the Saint's Cemetery. In compliment, probably, to the Hajj, the beggars mustered strongly that morning at Al-Bakiyah. Along the walls and at the entrance of each building squatted ancient dames, all engaged in anxious contemplation of every approaching face, and in pointing to dirty cotton napkins spread upon the ground before them, and studded with a few coins, gold, silver, or copper, according to the expectations of the proprietors they raised their voices to demand largess some promised to recite fatillas and the most audacious seized visitors by the skirts of their garments fakis ready to write y s or anything else demanded of them covered the little heaps and eminences of the cemetery all begging lustily and looking as though they would murder you when you told how beneficent is allah a polite form of declining to be charitable at the doors of the tombs old housewives and some young ones also struggled with you for your slippers as you doffed them and not unfrequently the charge of the pair was divided between two inside when the boys were not loud enough or importunate enough for presence they were urged on by the adults and seniors the relatives of the kadims and hangers-on unfortunately for me Sheikh Hamid was renowned for taking charge of wealthy pilgrims. The result was that my purse was lightened of three dollars. I must add that although at least fifty female voices loudly promised that morning for the sum of ten paras each to supplicate Allah in behalf of my lame foot, no perceptible good came of their efforts. Before leaving al we went to the eleventh station. Footnote some are of opinion that the ceremonies of the ziyarat formerly did and still should begin here but the order of visitation differs infinitely and no two authors seem to agree i was led by sheikh hamid and indulged in no scruples End of footnote. the kubat al-labisa or dome of abbas originally built by the abbasid caliphs in anno hegere five hundred and nineteen it is a larger and a handsomer building than its fellows and it is situated on the right-hand side of the gate as you enter the crowd of beggars at the door testifies to its importance they were attracted by the persians who assembled there in force to weep and to pray crossing the threshold with some difficulty i walked round a mass of tombs which occupies the centre of the building leaving but a narrow passage between it and the walls it is railed round and covered over with several quichuas of green cloth worked with white letters it looked like a confused heap but it might have appeared irregular to me by the reason of the mob around the eastern portion contains the body of al hassan the son of ali and grandson of the prophet footnote burkett makes a series of mistakes upon this subject hassan imali whose trunk only lies buried here in al-bakia his head having been sent to cairo 
where it is preserved in the fine mosque called el hassania the mosque al hassanain the two hassans is supposed to contain only the head of al hussein which when the crusaders took ascalon was brought from thence by sultan sali or Baybars, and conveyed to cairo as i have said before the persians in egypt openly show their contempt of this tradition it must be remembered that al hassan died poisoned at al madina by his wife jadda al hussein on the other hand was slain and decapitated at kerbela according to the shias zain al abidin obtained from yazid after a space of forty days his father's head and carried it back to kerbela for which reason the event is known to the persians as chileye sarotan the forty days of separation between the head and the trunk they vehemently deny that the body lies at kerbela and the head at cairo others again declare that al hussein's head was sent by yazid to amir bin alas the governor of al madina and was by him buried near fatima's tomb nor are they wanting to declare that after yazid's death the head was found in his treasury and was shrouded and buried at damascus such is the uncertainty which hangs over the early history of al-islam the imam zain al-abidin son of al-hussein and great-grandson to the prophet the imam muhammad al-bakr fifth imam son of zain al-abidin and his son the imam afar al-sadiq all four descendants of the prophet and buried in the same grave with abbas ibn abd al-mutalib uncle to muhammad it is almost needless to say that these names are subject to great controversy al musudi mentions that here was found an inscribed stone declaring it to be the tomb of the lady fatima of hassan her brother of ali bin hussein of muhammad bin ali and of jafar bin muhammad ibn jubair describing al bakia mentions only two in this tomb abbas and hassan the head of the letter he says in the direction of the former's feet others relate that in it about the ninth century of the hijra was found a wooden box covered with fresh-looking red felt cloth with bright brass nails and they believe it to have contained the corpse of ali placed here by his own son hassan standing opposite this mysterious tomb we repeated with difficulty by reason of the persians weeping the following supplication peace be upon ye o family of the prophet o lord abbas the free from impurity and uncleanness and father's brother to the best of men and thou too o lord hassan grandson of the prophet and thou also o lord zain al abidin footnote the names of the fifth and sixth imams muhammad al bakia and jafar al sadik were omitted by hamid as doubtful whether they are really buried here or not End of footnote. peace be upon ye one and all for verily god hath been pleased to deliver you from all gale and to purify you with all purity the mercy of allah and his blessings be upon ye and verily he is the praised the mighty after which freeing ourselves from the hands of greedy boys we turned round and faced the southern wall close to which is a tomb attributed to the lady fatima footnote 
Muslim historians seem to delight in the obscurity which hangs over the lady's last resting-place, as if it were an honour even for the receptacle of her ashes to be concealed from the eyes of men. Some place her in the harim, relying upon this tradition. Fatima, feeling about to die, rose up joyfully, performed the greater ablution, dressed herself in pure garments, spread a mat upon the floor of her house near the Prophet's tomb, lay down fronting the Qibla, placed her hand under her cheek, and said to her attendant, I am pure, and in a pure dress. Now let no one uncover my body, but bury me where I lie. When Ali returned, he found his wife dead, and complied with her last wishes. Omar bin Abdalaziz believed this tradition when he included the room in the mosque, and generally in al-Islam, Fatima is supposed to be buried in the harim. Those who suppose the Prophet's daughter to be buried in al-Baqiya rely upon a saying of the Imam Hassan, If men will not allow me to sleep beside my grandsire, place me in al-Baqiya by my mother. They give the following account of his death and burial. His body was bathed and shrouded by Ali and Omar Salma. Others say that Asma bint Umais, the wife of Abu Bakr, was present with Fatima, who at her last hour complained of being carried out, as was the custom of those days, to burial like a man. Asma promised to make her a covered bier, like a bride's litter, of palm sticks, in shape like what she had seen in Abyssinia, whereupon Fatima smiled for the first time after her father's death, and exacted from her a promise to allow no one entrance as long as her corpse was in the house. Aisha, shortly afterwards knocking at the door, was refused admittance by Asma. The former complained of this to her father, and declared that her stepmother had been making a bright litter to carry out the corpse. Abu Bakr went to the door, and when informed by his wife that all was the result of Fatima's orders, he returned home, making no objection. The death of the Prophet's daughter was concealed by her own desire from high and low. She was buried at night, and no one accompanied her bier or prayed at her grave except Ali and a few relatives. The Shias found a charge of irreverence and disrespect against Abu Bakr for absence on this occasion. The third place, which claims Fatima's honoured remains, is a small mosque in Al-Baqiya, south of the sepulchre of Abbas. It was called Bayt al-Husn, House of Mourning, because here the lady passed the end of her days, lamenting the loss of her father. The tomb appears to have formerly been shown there. Now visitors pray, and pray only twice, at the harim, and in the Kubat al-Abbasiya. End of footnote. I will not repeat the prayer, it being the same as recited in the harim. Issuing from the hot and crowded dome, we recovered our slippers after much trouble, and found that our garments had suffered from the frantic gesticulations of the Persians. We then walked to the gate of Al-Baqiya, stood facing the cemetery upon an elevated piece of ground, and delivered the general benediction. O Allah, O Allah, O Allah, O full of mercy, O abounding in beneficence, Lord of length, of days, and prosperity and goodness, 
O thou who when asked grantest and when prayed for aid aidest have mercy upon the companions of thy prophet of the mujahirin and the ansar have mercy upon them one and all have mercy upon abdallah bin hantal and so on specifying their names and make paradise their resting-place their habitation their dwelling and their abode o allah accept our ziyarat and supply our wants and lighten our griefs and restore us to our homes and comfort our fears and disappoint not our hopes and pardon us for on no other do we rely and let us depart in thy faith and after the practice of thy prophet and be thou satisfied with us o allah forgive our past offences and leave us not to our evil natures during the glance of an eye or a lesser time and pardon us and pity us and let us return to our houses and homes safe it has spiritually and physically fortunate abstaining from what is unlawful re-established after our distresses and belonging to the good thy servants upon whom is no fear nor do they know distress repentance o lord repentance o merciful repentance o pitiful repentance before death and pardon after death i beg pardon of allah thanks be to allah praise be to allah amen o lord of the three worlds after which issuing from al footnote the other celebrities in al are fatima bint asad mother of ali she was buried with great religious pomp the prophet shrouded her with his own garment to prevent hell from touching her dug her grave lay down in it that it might never squeeze her or be narrow to her assisted in carrying the bier prayed over her and proclaimed her certain of future felicity over her tomb was written the grave hath not closed upon one like fatima daughter of assad historians relate that mohammed lay down in only four graves first khadijah's at mecca second kasim's her son by him third that of umruman aisha's mother fourth that of abdullah al-mazni a friend and companion abd al-rahman binauf was interred near osman bin mazun aisha offered to bury him in her house near the prophet but he replied that he did not wish to narrow her abode and that he had promised to sleep by the side of his friend mazun i have already alluded to the belief that none has been able to occupy the spare place in the hudra imhufasa al-sami who was one of the asab al-hijratain who had accompanied both flights the greater and the lesser here died of a wound received at ohot and was buried in shawal anohegire three one month after osman bin mazun abdullah bin masud who according to others is buried at kufa saad im zarara interred near osman bin mazun saad bin mas who was buried by the prophet he died of a wound received during the battle of the muad abdal rahman al-lausad son of omar the caliph he was generally known as abu shama the father of fat 
he sickened and died after receiving from his father the religious flogging impudictiae causa abu sufyan bin al haris grandson of abd al mutalib he was buried near abdullah bin jafar al tayyar popularly known as the most generous of the arabs and near ukail bin abi talib the brother of ali mentioned above these are the principal names mentioned by popular authors the curious reader will find in old histories a multitude of others whose graves are now utterly forgotten at al madina and a footnote we advanced northwards leaving the city gate on the left hand till we came to a small kuba dome close to the road it is visited as containing the tomb of the prophet's paternal aunts especially of safiya daughter of abd al-mutalib sister of hamza and one of the many heroines of early al-islam hurrying over our devotions here for we were tired indeed we applied to sakka for water and entered a little coffee-house near the gate of the town after which we rode home i have now described at a wearying length i fear the spots visited by every zaire at al madina the guide-books mention altogether between fifty and fifty-five mosques and other holy places most of which are now unknown even by name to the citizens the most celebrated of these are the few following which i describe from hearsay about three miles to the northwest of the town close to the wadi alakik lies the mosque called al kiblatain the two directions of prayer some give this title to the masjid al-taqwa at kuba others assert that the prophet after visiting and eating at the house of an old woman named um mabshar went to pray the midday prayer in the mosque of the benu salma he had performed the prostration with his face toward jerusalem when suddenly warned by revelation he turned southwards and concluded his origins in that direction footnote the story is related in another way whilst mohammed was praying the asr on afternoon prayer at the harim he turned his face toward mecca some of the companions ran instantly to all the mosques informing the people of the change in many places they were not listened to but the benu salma who were at prayer instantly faced southwards to commemorate their obedience the mosque was called al-kiblatain and a footnote i am told it is a mean dome without inner walls outer enclosures or minaret the masjid benu zafar some write the word tifr is also called masjid al-bagla of the she mule because according to al-matari on the ridge of stone to the south of this mosque are the marks where the prophet leaned his arm and where the she-mule doldal sent by the mukaukas as a present with maria the coptic girl and jafur the donkey placed its hoofs at the mosque was shown a slab upon which the prophet sat hearing recitations from the koran and historians declare that by following his example many women have been blessed with offspring footnote i cannot say whether this valuable stone be still at the mosque benu tifr but i perfectly remember that my friend larking had a mutilated sphinx in his garden at alexandria which was found equally efficacious and a footnote 
This mosque is to the east of Al-Bakiya. The Masjid al-Duma, of Friday, or al-Anika, of the sand-heaps, is in the valley near Kuba, where Mohammed prayed and preached on the first Friday after his flight from Mecca. The Masjid al-Fazik, of Daedlika, is so called because when Abu Ayyub and others of the Ansar were sitting with cups in their hands, they heard that intoxicating draughts were for the future forbidden, upon which they poured the liquor upon the ground. Here the Prophet prayed six days, whilst he was engaged in wearing down the Benu Nazir Jews. The mosque derives its other name, Al-Shams, of the sun, because being erected on rising ground east of and near Kuba, it receives the first rays of morning light. To the eastward of the Masjid al-Fazik lies the Masjid al-Kurzaya, erected on a spot where the Prophet descended to attack the Jewish tribe of that name. Returning from the Battle of the Muad, wayworn and tired with fighting, he here sat down to wash and comb his hair, when suddenly appeared to him the Archangel Gabriel, in the figure of a horseman, dressed in a corslet, and covered with dust. The angels of Allah, said the preternatural visitor, are still in arms, O Prophet, and it is Allah's will that thy foot return to the stirrup. I go before thee to prepare a victory over the infidels, the sons of Kuraza. The legend adds that the dust raised by the angelic host was seen in the streets of Al-Madina, but that mortal eye fell not upon the horseman's form. The Prophet ordered his followers to sound the battle-call, gave his flag to Ali, the Arab token of appointing a commander-in-chief, and for twenty-five days invested the habitations of the enemy. This hapless tribe was exterminated, the sentence of death being passed upon them by Saad Imas, an Ossi whom they constituted their judge because he belonged to an allied tribe. Six hundred men were beheaded in the market-place of Al-Madina, their property was plundered, and their wives and children were reduced to slavery. Tantane religio potuit suadere malorum. The Masjid Mashrabat um Ibrahim, or Mosque of the Garden of Ibrahim's Mother, is a place where Maria the Copt had a garden, and became the mother of Ibrahim, the Prophet's second son. Footnote. Muhammad's eldest son was Qasim, who died in his infancy, and was buried at Mecca. Hence the Prophet's pandemic, Abu Qasim, the sire of Qasim. End of footnote. It is a small building in what is called the Awali, or highest part of the Al-Madina plain, to the north of the Masjid Benu Kuraiza, and near the eastern Hara, or ridge. Footnote. Aisha used to relate that she was exceedingly jealous of the Coptic girl's beauty, and of the Prophet's love for her. Muhammad, seeing this, removed Maria from the house of Harizat bin al-Nunan, in which he had placed her, for the Awali of al-Madina, where the mosque now is. Oriental authors used this term Awali, high grounds, to denote the plains of the eastward and southward of the city, opposed to al-Safila, the lower ground on the west and northwest. End of footnote. Northwards of Al-Bakiya is, or was, a small building called the Masjid Ali Jaba, of granting, 
from the following circumstance one day the prophet stopped to perform his devotions at this place which then belonged to the benu muavia of the tribe of oz he made a long dua or supplication and then turning to his companions exclaimed i have asked of allah three favours two hath he vouchsafed for me but the third was refused those granted were that the moslems might never be destroyed by famine or by deluge the third was that they might not perish by internecine strife the masjid al-fat of victory vulgarly called the four mosques is situated in the wadi al-sai footnote i am very doubtful about this location of the masjid al-fat and a footnote which comes from the direction of cuba and about half a mile to the east of al qiblatine the largest is called the masjid al-fat or al-asab of the troops and is alluded to in the koran here it is said the prophet prayed for three days during the battle of the muad also called the affair al-asab the last fought with the infidel Quraysh under abu sufyan after three days of devotion a cold and violent blast arose with rain and sleet and discomfited the foe the prophet's prayer having been granted it is supposed by ardent moslems that no petition put up at the mosque al-asab is ever neglected by allah the former supplication is differently quoted by different authors when al-shafi'i was in trouble and fear of harun al-rashid by the virtue of his formula he escaped all danger i would willingly offer so valuable a prophylactory to my readers only it is of an unmanageable length the doctors of al-islam also greatly differ about the spot where the prophet stood on this occasion most of them support the claims of the masjid al-fat the most elevated of the four to that distinction below and to the south of the highest ground is the masjid salman al-farsi the persian from whose brain emanated the bright idea of the muad at the mature age of two hundred and fifty some say three hundred and fifty after spending his life in search of a religion from a magus fire worshipper footnote a magus a magician one supposed to worship fire the other rival sect of the time was a sabaean who adored the heavenly bodies and a footnote becoming successively a jew and a nazarene he ended with being a muslim and a companion of mohammed during his eventful career he had been ten times sold into slavery below salman's mosque is the masjid ali and the smallest building of the south of the hill is called masjid abu bakr all these places owe their existence to al walid the caliph they were repaired at times by his successors the masjid al raya of the banner was originally built by al walid upon a place where the prophet pitched his tent during the war of the muad others call it al zubab after a hill upon which it stands al raya is separated from the masjid al fat by a rising ground called jabal sulla or jabal sawab footnote the mosque of reward in heaven it is so called because during the war of the muad the prophet used to live in a cave there and afterwards he made it a frequent resort for prayer 
and a footnote. The former being on the eastern, whilst the latter lies upon the western declivity of the hill. The position of this place is greatly admired, as commanding the fairest view of the harem. About a mile and a half southeast of Al-Bakir is a dome called Kuwat Islam, the strength of Al-Islam. Here the apostle planted a dry palm-stick, which grew up, blossomed, and bore fruit at once. Moreover, on one occasion, when the Muslims were unable to perform the pilgrimage, Muhammad here produced the appearance of a Kaaba, an Arafat, and all the appurtenances of the Hajj. I must warn my readers not to condemn the founder of Al-Islam for these puerile inventions. The Masjid Onain lies south of Hamza's tomb. It is on a hill called Jabal al-Rumat, the Shooter's Hill, and here, during the Battle of Ohod, stood the arches of Al-Islam. According to some, the Prince of Martyrs here received his death wound. Others placed that event at the Masjid al-Askar, or the Masjid al-Wadi. Footnote. Hamza's fall is now placed at the Kubat al-Mazra. End of footnote. Besides these fourteen, I find the names, and nothing but the names, of forty mosques. The reader loses little by my unwillingness to offer him a detailed list of such appellations as Masjid Benu Abdallah Masjid Benu Harissa, Masjid Benu Harim, Masjid al-Fash, Masjid al-Sukya, Masjid Benu Bayaza, Masjid Benu Hatma, cum multis alis que nunc prescribre longum est. End of chapter 22, part 2